Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome, baseball family. This week we have doctored baseballs. Nike is added again and the College World Series. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. Welcome back, baseball family, to this episode of the Baseball Together podcast. I am one of your hosts. I'm Brig, and I'm joined, as usual, by Brad the Man. He's right here, Blackjack Brad. Yeah, yeah, and my beard actually just got caught on my pop screen, like, as we, like, right as you started talking. (laughs) (laughs) I went to turn my head, and it was caught. But I think I think I'm ready. I think I'm good to go now. So okay, good. I think we're good. good. I'm glad. All right. <laughs> so we baseball family. Obviously, those of you who have been watching and listening know that we took last week off due to a series of unfortunate events that may or may not have to do with a certain literary child child's literary character. Anyway, <laughs> that was a terrible joke. But you parents out there, you all got it. So back off. All right. There's a lot to talk about over the last two weeks. We're going to do nothing but current events today, and I know that's going to make some of you happy. Those of you who have not yet participated in our our survey, jump into the description. There's a link. We want to hear from you and tell us more about it. But we know some of you have already answered, and that's really cool. So, um, (laughs) yeah, we're excited to bring you more current events. Okay, so starting today, starting today, uh, MLB has officially announced that it will be ejecting And suspending any player, doesn't matter who it is, not just pitchers, any player for having a foreign substance on them. That's amazing. It is amazing. I like the fact that it's any player. Yeah, because before, I mean, like, we've all seen that video of Yadi Molina with the ball sticking to his chest protector. And that is absolutely 1,000% because there was so much pine tar on his chest protector that that's why that ball stuck. Yep. Yep. So if 100%. that happens to him again, or he gets caught with it on his chest protector, he yeah. gone for ten games, and that's a big he deal for the Cardinals. Ten games, it's with pay, but the player's slot cannot be replaced on the roster. You cannot bring in somebody from the taxi squad or fill in any other way. That you are down a player mm-hmm. for ten days. That's a big deal. It is a big deal, and you know some guys. I think. Like there are some guys out there who don't really care about the winning side of baseball, though they don't really they're not necessarily there for the team side of baseball. They're there strictly for the money. And I think some of those guys are the ones who are we're gonna continue to see get caught. Who are just like, you know what? I don't mind ten, taking ten days off and getting paid for it. That's just fine. But the problem yeah. with that is that beyond that, the the punishment is gonna be it's gonna be. I think basically they said there's gonna be like a sliding scale. As far right. as the punishment going forward after that, you know, that maybe you'll get 10 games without pay or maybe you'll get 20 games without pay or 20 games with pay. I don't know. Either way, yeah, it's going to get more strict. And uh, I think we're going to see some guys who are still going to risk it just because there's always somebody. Of course. But uh, it's, it's no, not going to be quite as prevalent, I don't think. And, and, you know, I think we've already seen a difference. Yeah. So... 
Yeah, with everybody but Jacob deGrom, who's an animal, and (laughs) is possibly, I mean, he's, if this continues, he will be one of the greatest pitchers of all time. Like, no questions asked. Yes. And it's, it's ridiculous, but he's already been checked. For those of you wondering why he can have a .50 ERA and still not be using foreign substances, well, guess what? So far, he's not. So there. Okay? He was actually <laughs> the first pitcher to get checked, and that was yeah, because was. the Mets and the Braves had the first game of the day today. So he came off the yeah. mound after his first inning. They checked his glove. They he had they had him take his hat off. They checked his hat, and then they had him like flip over his belt, too. It's funny. I don't know if you saw the video or not. But mm-hmm. uh, but the umpire he says something. The umpire has his back to the camera, and you can see Degrom. He goes, "My belt," and what? he like flips it over. And the ups like, you know, they're like, "You're good." And he walks away, just like what? And the catcher comes over, and he says something to him. And he goes, "Yeah, my belt," and he just laughs as they walk back into the dugout. <laughs> like, That's outstanding. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it was a double header they played today, so you know he got to really shine early on. Yeah, he did. But, Brad, you bring up a good point about DeGrom. He is resoundingly defended by teammates and even former teammates and, you know, people who don't haven't played with him, but they're like, no, there's no way. Yeah, everybody with him. I mean, as soon as they came out and they were talking about guys like, you know, Garrett Cole was one of the first guys whose name came out. Tyler Glasnow basically gave himself up after he got hurt saying, you know, I got hurt because I can't use a foreign substance on the ball. Yeah, you know, and and everybody on the Mets came out, and I think guys who have played for the Mets in the past all came out and said, "Nope, Degrom is clean. He is yeah. the best in the game, and he is the best in the game without it. He doesn't need it. He's that good." Which is just insane to me that he's. I yeah, it's insane. It, it's crazy. but the best part about it is that he's getting backed up hard and preemptively. Right? Mm-hmm. They're like. Yeah. These dudes came out of the woodwork to say, oh, okay, okay, go on your witch hunt, but you got to leave this dude alone. Yeah, yeah, and and this this is one thing about DeGrom that I think is absolutely nuts. Um, I saw a statistic the other day. I was watching the Mariners and the Rays, and um, I think it was uh, McClanahan who was pitching for the Rays, and he was hitting 100. He was hitting 100 like in like the fifth, sixth inning. Yeah. And he had thrown 30-some-odd pitches this season. He was one, he was one of like – top five starters who'd thrown 30 some odd pitches over a hundred miles an hour as a starter. Right. It was like him. I want to say he had 36, 37 and there was somebody else. I can't remember who had 36, 37 around 40. And then DeGrom at the time had 136. Whoa, no, no. <laughs> the only guy over a hundred, he had almost a hundred more pitches over a hundred miles an hour than the next guy in line. Oh my gosh. And he left a game last weekend because, or last week because of shoulder soreness. And then he comes in today. His first three pitches are 100, 100, and 101. Yeah. He's, he's a freak. He's I, a freak. And you're, you're saying that it's his warm up routine. Well, no. So we were texting about that earlier, just so, just for context for everybody. Um, cause you had brought up Bauer as far as, foreign substances oh, yeah, right yeah. that's right and yeah. this is actually where i want i did want to go with this next so i guess it kind of worked out as a little bit of a segue thank you brig um, you're welcome trevor <laughs> bauer actually tweeted out a video last week of him in the yeah. dugout he said okay so we're not allowed to use sunscreen and rosin well this is sweat and rosin he holds a ball in his palm like holds his holds his hand upside down palm down with the ball in it and the ball's just sticking it's like hanging there yeah suspended. hanging there stuck to his hand 
stuck to his hand. Yeah. And I was like, well, I mean, if that's the case, you don't really need a whole lot of sunscreen or anything. You should just be able to get by with the rosin, right? That's what I would think. think. And one of the reasons that I think it works so well for Bauer is he, that guy has one of the most involved warm-up routines you'll see. Well, yeah. I mean, he's coming out first pitch of the game, full sweat, which is what you're supposed to do. I mean, I, I, I took a class as I was learning how to be an athletic trainer. And one of the things actually specifically the coach, the teacher said, he said, if you're, if you're coaching baseball players, they should all be in a full sweat before they even throw a ball for the first time. Specifically. That's what he said. And I don't know how many guys do that, Mm -mm. but, and this is my thing with Bauer is look at his durability. He's never been hurt. Yeah. Whatever he's doing right. is working. There's a lot of guys who aren't doing it. And over the weekend, Justin Dunn for the Mariners went on the IR because or IL because of a shoulder injury, and he's saying the Mariners are overworking their pitchers. It's like, okay, if you feel like you're mm. being overworked, Bauer's probably outworking you. He's healthy. Yeah. And he's better. Yeah. Yeah, he is better. You know, so well, it takes a lot to put that sword back in its sheath. It, it does. And oh man, you know what? <laughs> Was that glorious? <laughs> So I, I was supposed to go to that game Friday night, the D-backs and the, and the Dodgers, the Dodgers and Phoenix. I didn't end up getting to go because I was sick. So Mel yeah. took uh, my wife, for those of you who don't know, Melanie, she took my son Wilson to the game instead. And I told him, I said, okay, this guy Trevor Bauer, he's pitching. I was like, he's a lot of fun to watch. I was like, keep your eye on him. It's like one of these mm-hmm. times of Wilson, he's six, going to be seven. So he thinks swords are really cool because who doesn't? And yeah, right. and so I told him, I said, watch, he's going to do this. And I showed him the, the sheath thing. And he did it in the sixth yeah. inning. And I think that was when Wilson was on the playground. He didn't see it. Oh, <laughs> man, these kids. I know. Just has no idea what he missed out on. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So we, we got to talk about this. Scott Boris obviously wants to be involved in the conversation Always. about doctored Always. and loaded baseballs or whatever else is being discussed. So one of his clients, Zach Galen's currently with the D-backs, said that the former Marlins general manager, Michael Hill, actually actively encouraged pitchers to use illegal substances. Um, this is directly reporting from Brad. Hill. <laughs> Apparently, Hill I read it on the, the internet, report. so it has to be true, right? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm reading it from your notes. But <laughs> I guess... Hill refuted the report saying that it's predictable that this particular agent, you know, we're not going to name him, uh, would try to distract from the issue at hand by pointing fingers elsewhere. And not only is that in line with what we've seen from Scotty B, but do you think that it's possible a GM is actively encouraging loading baseballs? Doctoring it? Yeah. Of course it is. (laughs) Of course it is. It's ridiculously plausible. And let's just, let's just, Hold, okay. Go yeah. ahead. No, you're right. No, no, I got. We'll we'll save it. I got it. Well, I, this is what I was going to say is if even if they're not encouraging it, they know what's going on. Dallas right. Braden, when he worked for ESPN on Baseball Tonight, said this is what we used to do during spring training. We had a station set up for the pitchers, especially the young ones, where we would teach them how to load up a baseball. We had a table <laughs> with like 15 cans of sunscreen and about 10 bags of rosin. We'd say, okay, spray the sunscreen, rosin, spray the sunscreen, rosin. And this, I quote, this is what he said on Baseball Tonight, Brig. A young player looked at me and said, isn't this cheating? I said to him, no, this is trying. I guarantee 
that there were members of the A's front office who knew what they were doing, knew exactly what they were doing, but did nothing to stop it. Of course. So it's been widespread through the entire league. Everybody's known about it, but nobody's done anything to stop it until guys can't hit the ball. Right. And the sacred home run. Well, it's not just that. It's the (laughs) league-wide batting average is like a buck seventy-five. Yeah, it's bad. (laughs) That's that's where I think that was the tipping point right there. (laughs) It makes sense, but I I do have to say back to this uh, GM conversation. Uh um, I I give you AJ Hinch (laughs) as a perfect example, and uh, his general manager. What was that dude's name? Crane. Oh, Jeffrey Lunau. Lunau, yeah. thanks. Yeah, Jeffrey Lunau, which ultimately was a cheap way to get back into the conversation about the cheating in Houston uh-huh. and and the punishments we've still yet to see and will never see. But now, suddenly, Rob has decided he wants to be involved in doing his job. Suddenly. Like, what happened? Suddenly wants to be involved. I don't uh, know. I really think it's just the fact that that bat that the league wide batting average is around two hundred, right? And, the, and that hurts a game. Yeah, it does. it's so bad. It's so bad for it's the game. It's bad. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so, I'm I'm gonna get off this horse. All right. Anyway, let's uh, let's go back to the D backs there for a minute. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, they're bad. Um, very bad. Mm-hmm. I'm actually wearing yeah. my Arizona baseball together shirt tonight. Um, not because of this topic, just because I had it on today. But anywho, that's beside <laughs> the point. So <laughs> here's some numbers for the D-backs. So they're on a record-setting losing streak on the road. They've lost 23 games on the road. They're on homestand right now, so that's going to sit still for a few more days at least. Yeah. Um, but they've also lost 17 straight, period. Like 17 games in a right. row. Since May 1st, they're 6-41. and 41. They've only won one game in the month of June. Whoa. They won June 1st and have not won since. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, brutal. Well, and the thing is, too, is that I was following that game on Friday night just to see when Mel and Wilson would be home, and it was scoreless going into, like, the 7th or 8th inning. Yeah. And I was like, you know, might be the night, you know, playing the Dodgers. Touch up, yeah. touch up Bauer a little bit because they had a couple more hits early. But no, the Dodgers ended up scoring three in like the eighth inning, I think it was, and ended up winning that game. But right now, right now, it's the bottom of the fourth inning. The Diamondbacks have runners on second and third and are ahead of the Brewers uh, four to one. I say ahead of because it's still early. And with the Diamondbacks, they're not beating anybody until the game is over. So, right. Uh, That's usually how this works. Yeah. So. <laughs> So tonight could be the night. I don't know if it is, <laughs> but, but up to this point, it's been 17 in a row, and that's that's got to be brutal. Even as a Mariners fan, I don't know what that's like. <laughs> there's a there's also a no no going in, uh, and I can talk about it right now, okay? Because y'all aren't even gonna hear this till tomorrow. It'll be over. <laughs> All right, get off my back. <laughs> well, I was gonna say it is till now, break. Well, no, it's a rain delay. I feel oh, like okay. the gods paused everything. The, oh, okay. the rule, so there's it. They've got a. I think it's in Baltimore, but there's a no-no going um, in Baltimore right now. Delayed by rain. Top of the eighth. One runner on first base. One one out. Three and one count. Stuck in a rain delay. So All right. that's Houston at Baltimore. By the way, 
Correct. Houston at Baltimore. And that is... I'll bet you can't tell who hasn't scored anything. Because <laughs> well, that's the other thing is the the Orioles are another team that's on a massive losing streak. Huge. They've lost, what, 15, 16 games in a row now too? Something like that. So it's this is actually... 15. So this is... I wanted to bring this up, Brig. I wanted to bring this up. At okay. what point do you start to sell with these teams? Do you say, you know what? This season is nothing's going to happen. And with this roster, nothing is going to happen. We need to strip it down because we are this bad this early that we need to start thinking about the future because it's just it's not going to yeah. happen with this group. If we're this bad, we're not. I mean, we can only go up next year, but we're not going to go up by much. At what point do you start to sell? Well, I think, you, I mean, you, you definitely start the conversations now, but you've got some time. The trade deadline is coming up. I don't know. I would, I w- I would almost wait to see what individual performances you can eke out of the next 30 days well, 20 so here, days or whatever it so is. So here's this. Um, I did read today that the D-backs phone has been ringing off the hook. Yeah, I'll bet. And I'm sure that Marte has been requested by a lot of teams. Oh, I'm is. requesting Cattell Marte. Yeah, well, I'd love to have him back in Seattle. I don't know where we no, put I'm him. No, I'm requesting him for our show. Like, <laughs> I call him all the time. Like, how available is he? How desperate are you? I'll give you a hat. Like, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> if we're in salvage mode, I can hook you up with a sticker and uh, a, sticker. a guest appearance. <laughs> On a top 100 baseball podcast, by the way. But anyway. That's right. Internationally. Top 100. Yeah. Yeah. And Woo. U.S. So. Yep. Yeah. Very yep. exciting. Very exciting. Thank you, yeah. everyone, for your support. That's. We couldn't believe it when we saw that today. No way. But anyway. So, yeah. No, I agree. I think I think you do wait a little bit. I think that Marte's value would will peak around the uh, around the All-Star break. Yeah. And then, July 15th-ish. Yeah. yeah. And then around then, for the last couple weeks, I think, before the, before the uh, trade deadline, it's going to decline a little bit just because some teams are going to back away and be like, nah, we'll wait, you know? Well, cause you got to va- you got to see what value you already have. Right. So everybody's not just evaluating the talent they could acquire, but who they're going to replace, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So maybe some guy gets hot between now and then, and some potential buyers off the table now, you know, that happens all yeah. the time. Yep. Yep. All right. Speaking okay, of guys but, who are getting hot. Holy moly. Yeah, that's right. Holy, holy moly. moly. Shohei Otani on, I mean, <laughs> I can't believe it's what he show did. showtime. Yes, the last week. So Tuesday to Sunday last week, he hit five home runs in four games. Plus, mm. on the day that he didn't hit a home run, he pitched six innings, gave up one run, <laughs> struck out five. <laughs> and mm. so <laughs> I, it's he's just, he's the most insane player in baseball right now like i love me some fernando tatis jr i'm a big mike trout fan obviously i have my mariners especially jp crawford who's on fire right now um but nobody is otani nobody Mm -hmm. is otani and what he's doing and brick there was a graphic that was posted on it on the mlb network facebook page last week uh it was comparing him uh, his pitching and his hitting numbers to babe ruth yeah, I saw this. And, yeah. you know, I shared it to the 9 Plus as a VIP group on Facebook yeah. with, like, the big eyes, like, what face, you know? Because, yeah. you know, like, the numbers, like, 
Otani's are better, but it's because of when he played. But to me, it was more like they're comparing him to Babe Ruth. <laughs> right. Do you think that is fair or foul, Brig? Well, I think we've been that since before he even debuted. That's what they were saying. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's unprecedented at all. I don't think it's a shock. But I don't think it belongs here yet. So not yet. And see, to me, this is this is my thing with it. Who else are you going to compare him to? Well, you know, I knew you were going to say that, and you bring up a terrific point. I'm going to look up something really quick while you filibuster, but... Okay. Well, so, <laughs> that that's really my thing. Like, pitching-wise, you can't compare him to Jacob deGrom because he's not that... I mean, nobody's deGrom, let's be real, right? Um, nope. You could kind of, maybe a little bit, compare him to Garrett Cole. I mean, he's filthy and nasty, He's striking yeah. guys out. He's throwing gas. You know, so you got you got that side of it, but then you've got the offensive side. And I'm not really sure what his comp would be offensively either because, I mean, maybe like a, like maybe like Tatis minus the flair offensively. Um, mm-hmm. he, I don't think he's quite as fast. You know, we've talked about it before. Otani is very, very fast. The guy can move. Um, He obviously has millions of miles of power. He can hit the ball a million miles away. And he can also hit for average. He's hitting in like around 250 right now, I think, which is good this year, which is really good this year. Um, Yeah, he's at uh, batting average. Where the heck is it? There it is. 67 games played, 23 home runs, 54 RBIs. He's at 272 average. Okay, yeah. So even better than what I thought. Yeah, it's even better. Yeah, so it, he's he's a well above average hitter, a well above average pitcher, and he's doing them both. That's a, when he's a supposed to. So yeah. I, that's why I feel like the only guy you can compare him to is Babe Ruth because nobody else has done anything like that since him. So. Okay, here, here's the interesting thing. We're talking about Shohei Otani. He's in his fourth season, right? This is his fourth season. Mm-hmm. Because he, he came in in 2018. All right, that those graphics that you saw and shared were, I've, were the 1919 statistics for Babe Ruth. Uh-huh. Babe Ruth debuted with five games in 1914. So it's his fourth full season, right? Or no, it's fourteen. If you count nineteen fourteen, then you got to go one year, two, three, four, five, sixth. That was Babe Ruth's sixth season. Fifth, if you want to say he only played five games in nineteen fourteen. That's, that's, that's what I'm fine. saying. His fifth full season. Yeah, fifth full season, and this is Shohei Otani's fourth, and we're not even through the fourth yet. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what you make of that. But I think that's interesting comparison. It is interesting. I'm glad that the statistics they brought on kept a similar, you know, side by side. It it wasn't the Babe's career numbers against what we're seeing from Shohei Otani right now. It was oh, this right. is Babe from yeah. nineteen nineteen. Yeah, and there and that's not gonna be fair because if they had compared home runs, I mean the babe would have had is what, six hundred or seven hundred, whatever, you know. But Yeah. And and here's the thing but is that Babe Ruth changed the babe hit baseball. Twenty nine, the Babe hit twenty nine home runs in nineteen nineteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and Otani's almost there. Right. Exactly. 
Yeah, it, it's a different game. The fields were bigger then. The ball's different. I understand all that. but Sure, yeah. But I'm saying the, the reason you can compare them is because that's the last player we saw do this. Yep. Nobody else has done it, especially this well. So. Agreed. But Otani is going to be participating in the Home Run Derby. He will be the first Asian-born player to do so. He says he's very excited about it uh, because he's always wanted to see an Asian-born player in it. And he's like, and that's going to be me. So that's super cool. cool. Congratulations to him. Um, Yeah, that's awesome. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is not going to be in it. He has said that he wants to focus on other things during the All-Star break, like getting his mind refocused for the second half because the Blue Jays are definitely going to need it. They've got their work cut out for him. Um, yeah. Real quick before we take a break, break. Is there anybody you'd like to see in the home run derby? No. <laughs> thanks for thanks for holding the conversation for me. You're welcome. Thank no, you. For... I, I think <laughs> there are a couple people I'd like to see, um, but they have other priorities, right? Like, well, like who? Like you'd like love who? to see, like Luke Voigt. I I think he would do great in that situation, mm-hmm. in that setting. I think he'd rise to the occasion and be great. But I need him to stay healthy and not mess around in the at recess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I, what I mean. I feel the exact same way. I'm with. I am that that way with all of my teams. That's why I don't vote for all star all star ballots. It's one of the reasons. Um, mm. that's why I don't like to see my favorite players for my favorite teams in like the slam dunk contest or the three point contest, or even in the all-star game. Um, yeah. you know, every team in, in major league baseball has a, uh, has, a, has to have a representative from their team go. Standard and so it's rep, like, yeah. okay, it like this year, it's at least got to be JP Crawford, right? He's the bit, he's been the best player, either him or Mitch Haniger. One guy go, mm-hmm. the other guy stay home. And then everybody just get rested, get ready for the second half because yeah. I'm not saying the Mariners are going to make the playoffs, but I'm saying that if they continue on their trajectory that they're on right now, they'll be contending, and I would like to see that. Yeah. If I can have meaningful baseball in September in Seattle, I'd be happy. Yep. All right, baseball family, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into some Nike stuff and the College World Series. No matter which ballpark you're at, you want to rep your team. Now you can with 9 Plus Us. Welcome to the Big City Series. With every design available in your team's colors, you can fit in with the home crowd or stand out on the road. Either way, we have the colors you crave. Shop the Big City Series and find designs that rep your favorite baseball podcast, cheer from the cheap seats, and much more. Shop the Big City Series only at 9plusus.com. I'm Jason. And I'm David. And we're the hosts of the non Sports Podcast where the home of sports talk for everyone. Join us bi-weekly as we talk about the happenings in sports. You can find the Non-Letter Sports Podcast on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you find your podcasts. Welcome back, baseball family. We have some more Nike stuff for you. Uh, they're at it again with these, uh, with these City Connect jerseys. However, I'm going to say this, Brig. I don't feel like we're headed in the right direction. Um, You're kidding me. I'm not kidding you. Um, the Miami ones were really, really good, and I'm worried that we've peaked. Uh-oh. Because I saw these Wrigleyville ones, and I was a little bit confused by them. What's they, confusing about them, dude? They look like they belong in the Little League Classic. 
You know what else they look like they belong in? What? Don't Milwaukee. Oh. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Milwaukee. They do. Honestly, while, while I was watching this, uh, the game where they wore them, I was like, wait a minute. Who is that? Who is Milwaukee? Because remember, there's that story of the, I don't remember, in the 60s or 70s when the so-and-so team had to borrow the other team's away jerseys. Oh, yeah, because they, they got some, stolen. Yeah, and I was like, "Ah, is that did that happen again? <laughs> or like, did Mil- is Milwaukee in town in Chicago, and they had to borrow their jerseys? What's going on?" <laughs> that I'm seriously confused, hundred percent. And they're not bad looking; they're just not. No, no, and they're I'll, not. I'll say that too. They're not bad looking. They're not no. my favorite, but they're not bad. And you're right. They do look like they belong in Milwaukee. They also look like they belong in Toronto. They could be in Toronto. Because of that yeah. that light blue. you know. And it's not quite the powder blue of Philly, so it doesn't belong there. But, yeah, it's like the blue on blue. It, it looks like it belongs somewhere else. It's not Chicago. I would have. I could have mm-hmm. gone for a little more red. Uh, more red. It needs more red. That's exactly right. Yeah, like that was my big thing is that I was confused about. There was, when I think of the Cubs, I think of blue with a, a strong red accent there was no strong red They're accent. very strong almost 50 50 sometimes yeah 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 i would I, even if they had done like the lettering in in red instead of the blue on blue i think it would have yeah. looked a lot better but the blue on blue was was confusing to me as a casual cubs observer well and there you know the the way they did the wrigleyville script across the chest is cool though yeah i liked yeah. it yeah, it was cool. Yeah, because that was that. It was like big like block that, letters, right? If I remember. Yeah, right. but it's the way they've got it is in a kind of like wave the W flag kind of a fan. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, it kind of like starts and then it curves up, it arches up, and then it goes back down. But it's but it's not some. Um, it's not a standard. All the way down, like it, like the the top letters don't end at the furthest furthest lowest point if that makes sense yeah they come back up on the edges like like they're waving the w flag i thought you know it's clever like there's some there's a lot to it that's that's decent but it's mostly confusing and it's kind of blah yeah yeah i wasn't i wasn't overly excited about it like i was when i saw when i saw the miami ones well, what about Southside Chicago though? Come on, and those were great too. Those were really strong. Those were fantastic. The black with the with white the pinstripes, black like that was so different pants? and great. Yeah, it was good. And here's the thing with that too is that was way better looking than the all black or all white uh, Players Weekend uniforms, right? Yeah, yeah, which was terrible. Yeah, it was not good. But but yeah, with the with the white pinstripe, it was a very different look from that, and looked way better. I liked that. Yeah. But this was not was not great. But then the other one we have was the D backs. Yeah. The Arizona Diamondbacks had one come out this last week, and they actually wore it Friday night. Yep. And it's like that. It's like that Sonoma sand that they have outlining um, a lot of their standard logo. Yeah, it's that Vegas gold color. Yeah. Yeah, and they went with and they went with black as well like for the script but here's the th- <laughs> the the script that they used because it was it was what sidewinders is that what it said right on the jer- on the it's, jersey it says serpents, serpents in spanish yeah yeah that's what it was but it looked like it was supposed to say dodgers with the font yep. that they used <laughs> and they have the sedona red 
numbers in the same place that they put them on LA's home jerseys. Yes. So it it feels like a cream colored LA jersey. It does. <laughs> it does. And I just, I just thought it was funny that it was like like the the thing was that it was that that minor accent color that is not a strong color. It needs to be an accent color if it's if it's going to be used. Yeah. It cannot be a primary color. And then they use that that font. Like if they had gone with like I understand red would have been too much. But if they had gone back to like the gradient like they used to have on the sleeves with like if they had gone like black to red or black to teal cuz that teal is a good looking color. That, they that teal was everything, dude. So I feel like that would have been uh, that would have been really good uh, instead of using that like that minor gold color or sand color. That I just I don't like it as a primary color. It wasn't good. The hats are pretty good because I think the hats were just black, if I remember right. No, oh no, they I were that sand with the black, right? Sand, That's what it was. sand color as well. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. and that that bugged me too. It's just too much. They're like camouflage it's, jerseys the desert that's right that's they and that's what i was just gonna say they look like um an od standard issue <laughs> like we're gonna war which <laughs> I, maybe is what they were drawing on i don't know but um, uh, there's not enough of a military presence in uh in phoenix for them to do that there's an air force base but that's true and, i mean it, they can't do it like they do in san diego you know where they have right the big naval it's like this there, whole but, identity yeah yeah but the I I'm gonna disagree with you. I like that Vegas gold color. Um, mm. I, I, it's too much. They've used it too much here. But if that was the jersey background color for the main color for the jersey, it doesn't bother me at yeah. all. I think the the other elements needed. It just needed more balance. Is is the problem? That that that's right. That's what it was. Is because I feel like that's an act. Like I said, an accent color, not yeah. an all over color. I don't mind the color. It's just yeah. that it's, it was the weakest option for a jersey color for me. So yeah, and I don't I see, and that's where I disagree. I think it's a, it's a strong jersey color, like yeah. as the background, but it's just terribly balanced. It's not balanced at all. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's a flop. Definitely a flop. Uh, I would like to see something better going forward. I can't remember which ones we have coming up next uh, or when, but I'm sure we'll see some yeah. coming soon. And uh, I think it can only go up from there. But, okay, but we what we got to talk about is let's get excited about the Juneteenth jerseys. Yes. Yes. Because those were bananas, dude. Dude, they were so good. Let's start with San Francisco first, okay? Yes, let's. So, <laughs> so for anybody who doesn't know what these teams did, it was San Francisco and Seattle wore Negro League jerseys. So in San, in San Francisco, they wore the San Francisco Sea Lions. In Seattle, they wore the yep. Seattle Steelheads. San Francisco, mm -hmm. like, those are... First off, these jerseys are just crisp, to say the very least. They're, they're so sharp. <laughs> like, they're just so clean. The San Francisco one was a little bit busy just because San Francisco's so long and so arching across the, the chest, and then you've got a great big sea lion, right? Like, yeah, below under it. The, under the left side. Yeah. yeah, it's not even on the breast. It's, like, down on the side. <laughs> it's, where the, it's where the Dodgers put their jersey numbers. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, yeah, the, it's where the Orioles belongs. do it, too. That's where they put them, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but... The San Francisco script, like the way it's written, was great. I thought it looked very nice. Me too. And those old school jerseys, those Negro League jerseys, which is what they're doing, like you said, mm -hmm. yeah, they have those oversized stitching, right? It's this huge, 
oftentimes there were these big, broad names across their chests when they had the words. Yeah. So I love it that it's almost like, we're just going to squeeze it in there. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> I think that harkens back to baseball's past, and it's what it should be. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's the authenticity. It looks, you know, that's that's what we love about it. It's just that yes. if, you, if you were to continue using it, like if you were to like, let's bring this on and modernize it, I would do something about that. But that's just me. Oh, I agree. But but let's just sit for a minute and admire the Seattle oh my gosh. jerseys. The, because they're not white. They're off-white. They're off-white. And they've got yeah. like black piping with just Seattle block oh. letters across the front. And then the hats, Brig. The hats. Brig. I know. The hats. I know. The hats are black a with a silver glutton. S. Just a, and it's it's not even like a Stanford S. It's just a... I don't even know what font that is. It might be It's aerial. just a block, I'm not puffy sure. font, dude. Yeah, it's just a block S that looks so good. And I was sitting there watching this game on Saturday. I was like, if the Mariners changed up their color scheme to black, white, and silver, I would not be sad at all. Heck no. That would be amazing. Like If, if they kept those uniforms, kept that hat, all of it, I would go scoop it up immediately. Yeah, I'd be. Bu- I would too. I, I'm not even a Seattle <laughs> fan. I'd be buying the crap out of it because <laughs> they look so good. And the fact the Mariners played really well on them. JP Crawford called for those jerseys to stay to be like a regular staple within the rotation. And I'm like, yeah, they should absolutely be. do it because yeah. they're they just they look so good, just so good. It's the minimalist design, just the sharp yeah. Seattle across the front and. I honestly think it looks better than the compass rose and the S, but that's just me. It totally does. We know that I'm, I'm spent on those. So. You're against it. <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> I am now. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on past jerseys. We're geeks about jerseys and everything, but uh, we got to move on a little bit too. Uh, m- my. Your Yankees. Question mark? Your Yankees. My? <laughs> they are your Yankees, Brig. There's no question mark. We can't, I know. We can't play I know. this game. I know. We can't do this. I'm not playing this game. It was a joke, Brad. Gosh. <laughs> so, we're, we're calling this little segment Yankees and threes, and partly because they can only win three games in a row, it feels like, and then they start losing. They, usually, right now, they're only losing three games, and then they win three games, and it's... Yeah. They're still above 500, but it's ugly. That's Bad. the thing that drives me crazy is I see all this stuff on Twitter. People are like, oh, my gosh, the Yankees stink. The Yankees are so bad. It's like, you've been over 500 for weeks. Yeah. And I get it. You're complaining about a few losses to teams you shouldn't lose to, but it's going to happen. Not like this. This is a rash, dude. <laughs> this is a rash. We have culture problems. We have fundamental problems. We got all this stuff. Everybody's says, got fundamental problems. That's the <laughs> Yeah, you're right. But... But how I don't know how I can disparage their fundamentals while they're pulling triple plays out I of know. nowhere. I know two of them around the horn, dude. Like that's... and two of them in the same week. Yes. Okay, so I I, saw, I had to look some of this up. Okay. Okay. So they've this they've had three triple plays this season that ties them for the MLB record. Okay. If they hit if somehow. If somehow they hit four, then they'll that'll be the MLB record. Okay, so well, they got a long time. Set, what's that? Oh, they, they've got a long time to make it. They've got a long time, and now they kind of know what they're doing, right? Like you don't. <laughs> like... Not very many people go out and practice triple plays. <laughs> so, not especially the way they're pulling these ones. This one in particular, 2016 Chicago White Sox, the last time a team 
had three triple plays in a single season. And to to make it even better, the Yankees ended a ball game with a triple play. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they that Sunday? In the final... What? Was that Sunday they walked off with a triple play? Yeah, and they just... It's, it's just like, it was crazy. It was insane. <laughs> but the game ended with a triple play. Guess, Brad, that's only happened 27 times in the history of baseball. Really? 27 times in the history of baseball has a team ended the game with a triple play. The last time it happened was in 2009. I think it was in Philadelphia. Wow. And hey, Brig, you want to know something about 27? What? That's a multiple of three. Oh, you got to do it in your geek voice, bro. 27 is a multiple of three. <laughs> According to my calculations, Brig. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I love it, dude. <laughs> well, guess what else is a multiple of three? What's that? All six players required to record this last one. <laughs> <laughs> to end the game, it was a one, three, six, two, five, six triple play in the cards. <laughs> so for those of you keeping score at home, seriously, it, it's hard to explain. Just go watch it. Well, Just go I... watch it. Yeah, it's crazy. That's pitcher, first base, shortstop, catcher, third base, shortstop. Yeah. Throwing the Thanks ball. For, yeah, for those of you who don't know yeah. the numbers. Barney style for those of us that need it. <laughs> so, okay, moving. let's move all the way over to the other side of the country, right? Okay. Because Los Angeles and San Diego, got they're easily the hottest rivalry in baseball right now. That's the best games are being played between those two teams. They're both on fire, but you know what I think is hilarious? What's that? They're neither of them are in first place. They're not. San Francisco. Oh is yeah, still San a game Francisco's been ahead of both first, of them. San Francisco's been in first place for most of the time, but that's the thing is you still forget about them because they're forgettable. How they're forgettable? Know, but why? It's so terrible. It is terrible, and it's weird because they have talent. I mean, obviously they're winning games, but they still got Buster yeah. Posey who. So Buster Posey opted out of last season because of COVID. He comes in and plays this season, and he hit a home run like the first three out of four games of the season. Evan Longoria is like, oh, Buster, you're hitting home runs? I'll hit home runs too. So Evan Longoria is back to hitting home runs. Yep. And yeah, the the Giants are good this year. They're so good, but dude. But it's so and forgettable it's just weird. because they're playing in the same division as the Dodgers who have possibly the best pitching everybody. in baseball and everybody hitting for them. And then you've got yeah. the Padres who have so the other best pitchers in baseball and Fernando Tatis Slam Diego. Jr. Yes. Like, yeah, it's easy for to forget them because of who's in that division. You would think that those guys were on top. And it's the same thing with the AL East. I mean, it's like you've got the Red Sox and the Yankees. And then who else? Oh, by the way, you know, the Rays were the Rays. in first place for how long? Right. And then the Jays. Don't forget about the Blue Jays. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Blue Jays are below 500 right now, but... Stop it, Brad. They won't be. They need... They... Shh. <laughs> they are a they're victim good, of though. circumstance. The Blue Jays but are. But they're still... They're still good. That's the problem, is they're still... They're still a threat every single day. Yes, they are. You're talking about Arizona's not a threat every single day. No. No, never. So, it's different in different divisions. And it just... Yeah. it. And this is... We can get into restructuring if we want to, Brad, but we shouldn't. <laughs> I think it's a topic for a different day. Yeah, but anyway, I, I we we should just make it known 
that all of our San Francisco baseball family, we see you, okay? We got it. We know what's happening over there. And everybody's paying attention down south, and y'all are killing it up north. So keep going, and I'm loving it. Well, and real quick, real quick, if you do want to listen to how the Giants are doing and you want to listen to them throughout the season, we have our buddy Ty has the San Francisco Baseball Together podcast every month. That's right. So you can listen to Ty. That episode will drop uh, the last day of the month. He's going to get that to me here pretty soon. We're going to get it up. It'll be good. He does a good job. Ty knows his baseball. He knows the Giants. Huge Giants fan. He's, He's good to listen to. He is good to listen to. But yep. anyways, Rick, let's let's hop back across the country. Let's talk about Ronald Acuna Jr. Coast to coast today, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I said y'all because I'm that, that's part of the world I live in now. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like space ghost coast to coast. But anyway. Ooh, that's a deep cut. It is a deep cut. That's a, that's a sleepover <laughs> show if there ever was one. But oh, anyway. yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Acuna has hit 100 home runs in his career. Now, he's the only player to ever reach 100 home runs by 23 years and 184 days. He's not the only one to do it. He's Oh, there are. there's a list of guys. There's a list of guys, list of guys. that have done it, but he's only one of this group. Ready? Go ahead. Mel Ott, Andrew Jones, Eddie Matthews, Alex Rodriguez, Tony Conigliaro, I can never say his name, Miguel Cabrera, Bryce Harper, and drum roll, please. Johnny Bench. Johnny Bench. Johnny Bench. Very cool. That's that's a small company. list. Yeah. I mean, I think we knew that he was going to be a Hall of Famer, but to see his name with those guys, I don't want to say it solidifies it, but I think it kind of shows you the trajectory that he's on. That's what I would say too. That yep, the trajectory that he's if he continues to. If he continues to stay healthy and play good, solid baseball for another ten years, even ten, yeah, ten at least ten, yeah, yeah. So I agree. Pretty good. All right, Brig. Next thing you got on here, you've got you got the Rays, who, by the way, were swept by the Mariners this weekend, three walk-offs what? in a row. Aren't you kidding? That's crazy, dude. And I think that's part of the reason this has happened. Go ahead. I think you're right. So there's a lot of hubbub around a man named Wander Franco. And if you've got any baseball notifications coming up on your devices at any point at all, you're you're hearing his name or reading it. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, honestly it's annoying as all get out <laughs> is what it is. It's annoying when when you know 15 or so of the top 20 or 25 stories in baseball right now want to tell me about Wander Franco. I just don't care. Right? That's but fine. That's I need fine. to I it's it's just honest. And I need to just since it's getting th- shoved down my throat, let me just clear the air for everybody, okay? This is why Wander Franco is worth paying attention to according to Major League Baseball and everyone else that wants to tell you about Wander Franco. So now you have something to talk about with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> He's been MLB's pipe pipeline's number one prospect for two years running. Okay, and this is where it starts to get really good. He went from advanced, uh, Class A advanced in Charlotte to Triple A Durham. Um, let me say that again. He went from Class A to Triple A. He just jumped. He skipped. He skipped to, to Double A. Is what he did. He skipped Double A all the way around, which I think. I mean, I'm not saying it's uncommon, but it's not the norm. It's, it's not, not. and this is, and the reason for part of the reason for that is because double um, A is where a lot of teams will actually um, 
a lot of teams consider double A as their like primary developmental level. Yep. And then triple A is like the cooler, you know, where you dip in or you got to get guys to fill in roster spots. And that's like the veterans, the guys who've been in minor league for a long time. And then before you get called up, you go to triple A to see how you do against the guys who are more experienced. Those are some of the best pitching that you're going to see in the minor leagues because those guys have been up. They've gotten big league coaching, but then they come back down. Yep. Right. They know what it takes to face a big league batter, so they're going to put that you're going to see that on a, on a AAA roster. That's the difference between AAA and AA is a AA is where you're getting a lot of the development. AAA is where you're putting those skills to the test. And the fact that they figured he did not need the development at AA that he just needed to put his skills to the test at AAA, that's a big deal. Well, so then he moved up and he hit 315 with a 954 OPS in just 39 games. Right, over 39 games, he's putting up those numbers. They're like, yeah, he's fine. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it's time. Let's just see what he can do. And you're right. Because of the Rays situation right now, he's he's getting called up. He's going to start today. For those of you listening on Tuesday the 22nd, he's going to – well, he'll make his debut. I don't know that he'll play, but he'll make his debut today. And he's 20 well, if years he was old. Playing, he'd be making his debut, but I, I think he'll I guess, play. yeah, but he, he got called up. I think he'll play too. Yeah, but he's his official roster slot is for today. Yeah, um, signed out of the Dominican Republic in 2017, so he's 20 years old. That's young. Yes, it is young. It's very young. Um, but I mean, Juan Soto. He was about 20. Yeah, it's not unprecedented, um, no. Bryce Harper was 19. Ken Griffey Jr. Mm-hmm. was 19. There are these yeah. guys who come up really young like this. Um, I will say this to Rays fans. Um, be weary of a guy until you see him be consistent. Um, yeah. Because you can hit 315 with a 954 OPS in AAA and get to the big leagues and still not be able to contribute. Because... Exhibit A is Jared Kelenic just this year. Yeah, he was hitting around 370 through the course of, I want to say, like 14 games with like five or six home runs, something like that, I believe. He mm-hmm. came up 0 for 4 in his first day, went 3 for 4 on his second day with a home run and a couple doubles, and that was just about it. Yeah. Uh, he went 0 for about 38. He's back down to AAA now trying to figure things out and doing okay but not as well as he was at the beginning of the season. So that's right. Don't feel like this is the savior coming to rescue your team because that's what I thought when Jared Kellen came up. I was like, oh, here it is. The future has arrived. But no. Yeah, dude, that's right. <laughs> There's still a long way to go. It's a long road with some of those guys still. So, so just be it patient is. with him. Uh, don't, I don't know. Yeah, if he struggles, just be patient. He'll, he'll get there, but just wait for it. <laughs> so. But exciting, that's though. who he is. That's who he is. It is exciting, you know, number one prospect. But yeah. that's a lot of pressure. That's like being a first-round draft pick. It's like, well, okay, but, yeah. you know, we all know how that goes. Yeah. So, For sure. All right, last topic, Brad. I have a question for you. Okay. we got to talk about the College World Series. Let's talk about the College World Series going on right now. So, first, let's set the stage, all right? got two brackets are going in this round-robin tournament. We have their final eight teams. We've got mm-hmm. Vanderbilt, Arizona, Stanford, NC State in the first bracket. Second bracket has Texas, Tennessee, Mississippi State, and Virginia. Now, you brought it to my attention that they only have to lose two games and they're out. Yeah, it's a double elimination bracket play. 
uh, right here. And then the the last team standing in each bracket will play for the final. And that's just a best two out of three series to yep. win the we'll win the whole thing. So Vandy and Stanford have uh, all, both lost a game so far. Arizona's eliminated. Uh-huh. Texas and Tennessee have lost a game so far, and that leaves Mississippi State and Virginia. Right. I mean, the full bracket is still full in the second Right, yeah, yeah. Bracket, and nobody's been but, eliminated in bracket two. So it really looks like yeah. uh, Mississippi State and Virginia are the ones with wins there, so they're going to go play probably each other, it looks like. Or I don't know, something. I don't know how it works out. But you still got a lot, a lot of games to play in both brackets before we have a final. I mean, we'll probably have a um, – I think it'll all be over by the time we record next Monday, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we'll keep you updated on it, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> and I said maybe because, Brad, do you actually care? No, I don't. Um, <laughs> do you care, Brig? No. No, and I feel bad because I feel like I should, right? I do, too. Yeah, because, I do, too. And here's the thing. is like I like college sports. I don't love it to begin with because I'm kind of a talent snob. Um and it's yeah. like, but really what it is with, with college baseball is these guys disappear for two, three, four years, right? I think we talked yeah. about this a couple of years ago, that it would be nice if there was a, an easier way to keep track of these players who get drafted. Like I was, t- I was telling Brig before this, so in 2016, I covered the school we went to, went to the College World, well, I should say College World Series, went to the NCAA tournament, played LSU, and you had, um, I can't even remember this kid's name, he was an he was an All-American at the time, he's a shortstop for LSU, and it was like, oh man, this is the best kid in the country by far, blah, 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 and he had a, he had a pretty good game, but then he got drafted by the Cardinals, and you haven't heard of him since. I actually had to look him up and really search to see where he was, and he's buried in the farm system somewhere for the Cardinals right now. On the other hand, in that same game... And that game, was 2016. 2016. On the other hand, in that same very same game, you had Jake Fraley batting second, who went one for four, I think, with a home run. Jake Fraley is an everyday, just about, just about everyday player, because nobody's really an everyday player in Seattle right now. But he's in the rotation with Seattle, playing outfield, pinch hitting when he's not having issues with the hamstring, and doing well defensively and offensively right now. Right, and the only reason I heard his name in that in that game was because he hit a home run. Nobody said anything about Fraley. So you get fed these guys in college baseball. These are the this is like this guy's going to be a first rounder. He's going to be the next big thing. You know, you got Al Leiterson right now pitching for Vanderbilt, and he seems like the sure closest to a sure thing in in college baseball yeah, right he, now. But that's right. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen in the next three years when he's in the minor leagues. You know, so I don't know that that's my part biggest, of the problem that college baseball has. Yeah, I agree. And, and one of my biggest issues is still comes down to metal bats. And I know that's a petty, <laughs> ridiculous thing to to, you know, feel it's, it's or snobby. Think. Brick, that's what it is. It's snobby. It's snobby and it's traditionalist. <laughs> and I know that. But guess what, Brad? I'm not alone. OK, you're not alone. There's a whole group of people that feel the same way I do. It's true. And it's fine. I'll accept it. I'll accept it as an acceptable answer uh, for Thank why you. you don't like college baseball. But Brig, what are, what, <laughs> what's some baseball that you actually find more entertaining than the College World Series that is not Major League Baseball? The Little League World Series. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Not the answer it's... I was expecting, but that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. What? what? Well. 
<laughs> I don't even feel like I have to defend that answer. You don't it's have just, to defend it. It's just more exciting. It just is. <laughs> right? Is it? It just is. It is, and it makes more sense. It's easier to follow. It makes way more sense, and those kids can use metal bats. They're kids. It's fine. Yeah. I'm not bothered by well, that and, at all. And I, I will say this. <laughs> I understand the thing with college baseball because a lot of those guys, like, yeah, they're good. They're fine. But not everybody, even at that level, is good enough to use a wood bat. Right, like as far as like safety, functionality, everything, not all of them are good enough to use a wood bat. So I understand the metal bat thing. It's just not as entertaining. It's just not. And you know, and when you asked me that question while we're getting ready, when you put that up on our lineup, uh, which is more exciting, I was like, well, minor league baseball for one. Yeah. Right. Obviously, it's better. It's more competitive. Uh, They can actually make college world series. Yeah, for sure. Because I remember covering college baseball, we, I'd be there like eleven o'clock at night for a game that started at six o'clock because they couldn't get any freaking outs. Yeah. Yes. And, exactly. Oh my gosh, it was miserable. Uh, that also, I would rather watch college wood bat league because it's oh for sure it's different, it's fun and exciting. It's zany. Um, yeah. Korean baseball, I would sit and watch Korean baseball. Hundred percent have done. And I've watched more Korean baseball than col- than U.S. college baseball. In the last lifetime, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only reason it's Actually. not so for me is because I covered a college baseball team for an entire season. That's the only reason. Mm. <laughs> Other than yeah, take that, that sample out, those that, that outlier year, then yes, I've watched more Korean baseball than I have college baseball. And I, I really only started watching Korean baseball last year. So. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's the point. <laughs> yeah, let's That's make the that joke. Just Brick. put a fine point on it. That's the I joke. got it. Brad. (laughs) (laughs) All right, baseball family. We want to know what you think. Do you care about the College World Series? I know a lot of people do. A lot of people love college baseball. And my neighbor loves college baseball, and I think it's great. So we support you. If you love college baseball, that's awesome. It's just not our thing. Yeah. But uh, um, we'd like to hear what it is about college baseball you think is uh, superior or redeeming or whatever it is you want to say. Um, jump in the mailbag and disparage us, please. If you're like, you guys are idiots, which you don't find appealing about college baseball is this, that, and the other it's because you're Neanderthals and that'd be okay. Um, just put it in the mailbag and you can do that at baseballtogether.com. That's right. It's up in the navigation. You don't have to go very far for it. Just click the button there and it'll take you directly to the mailbag, submit it through the form. It'll go straight to us. But also while you're on the interwebs, don't forget to jump on nine plus us.com. That's N I N E P L U S U S.com. Hop on there, get yourself something nice. Uh, Father's day is over. Um, but we still have like our Americana stuff up for 4th of July, right? Still a little bit we of do. time for that break. Just a little bit. Just it's a coming. L- it's you're going to have to order it in the, like the next couple of days to get it for 4th of July. But yeah, yeah, it's available. Yeah. But it's there. It's, it's good stuff. And we like, we like those shirts a lot. They've just kind of been hanging out on the, on the shop there. We've talked about taking them down, but we just can't bring ourselves to do it. I think is what it, what it comes down to. That is that's hundred percent true. Yeah. <laughs> but we even have them in onesies. <laughs> We do have them in onesies. Get them for your little ones. We have them in onesies. Yep, get them for the baby. But baseball family, thanks again for joining us this week, even after we took a a week off from being sick and infirm. And baseball family, we will for sure catch you next week. Mm